Hello, listeners of the CalvaryCast. Welcome into another exciting episode of the CalvaryCast. I am Graham Parker, along with co-host, I'm also co-host, Jess Miller. How are you? Good, how are you? Good. Good. I don't know what else to say other than that. No. Don't have anything else to say? Good intro. Regular intro. Regular introduction. Maybe that means no banter and we just get right to it. We could do that. So today... A little bit different podcast for people. Not a book review, not a uh, passage of scripture we're talking about per se. We'll do some hard hitting journalism. All right. Hard hitting interview. We thought it would be a good idea. We celebrated last month your 10 years of being here at Calvary. Yes, and indeed. The work the Lord has done through you. And so we thought, well, let's, I'll interview you. And uh, ask you some questions. That sounds good. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Should this be an NPR style interview or uh, like hard hitting journalism? Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, like uh, here's an NPR music. It could be something like this Hello, welcome to Calvary Cast Interviews, <laughs> where we have conversations with people who matter. And there's long, awkward pauses and stuff, you know, things like that. And it kind of puts people to sleep. Okay. You know. <laughs> What's the other option? It could be like, I don't know what to say right here, <laughs> but I'm your host. And today we're going to ask the questions that matter to you that no one else will ask. I don't know. I like the first one. It's a little more, uh, less intimidating. Yeah. I think that's probably a better option. Or we'll just throw all that today. I just want to be able to play those sound clips there. It sounded good though. Those are great. I know. Those fit well. That's what I that's why I'm a producer. That's why you're earning your money here. That's right. Okay. Well, let's uh first of all, I think it's helpful for people to know what uh precipitated you feeling the Lord leading you into pastoral ministry. What uh you know, we talk about calls to ministry. Mm-hmm. Some people have very distinct periods in their life where they're like, I really felt the Lord calling me to this. Other times it just happens you know what what were those situations for you uh well when when i was saved and uh we we started natalie and i and the kids started going back to uh the church i grew up in and um you know right away i just really had a desire to read the bible and read good books and learn as much as i could and then share what i learned with others and within the first year or so that we were there and this wasn't a good idea by the way (laughs) for them or me but they were already asking me to do like devotions Mm. and and or give devotionals or and even believe it or not within because we were only there maybe three years and preached the morning service and stuff now this was a really small church Mm -hmm. very small church the same people that i knew growing growing up you know but uh at any rate um, I think it was through that that I started to get a desire to at least preach. Mm. And at that point, didn't have really a, much of a concept of pastoring, just preaching. So mm. um, I, f- I felt this desire to do it, which was really kind of unnatural because it wasn't like anything I'd ever thought of before. Yeah. Even growing up in church, looking at my pastor every week, thinking, who would want to do that? What a boring job, you know? Yeah. And... Um, and so I think that's just really how it started to begin. And then the church started affirming 
<clears throat> my gifting, not just that one, then the mm. next church we were at, and then was sent to seminary for a couple of years and things. And I think it just, over time, it just... Kind of grew. A desire was always there. And then more, I guess, a little more shaping in my thought of what leadership in the local church looks like and mm-hmm. not just preaching. Mm-hmm. And, and then more affirmation from the church mm-hmm. and other leaders that I respected culminating in like ordination and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it was that combination, desire, and then... You know, what is it? The providence of God, you know, just working things yeah. out, desire on my heart, and then affirmation of his people. Because hmm. I would think for any special, especially special right. ministry like that. Um, that could, should kind of be there for, for everybody, right? If you, you're right. sensing, you know, you have a desire to do it. Yeah. Uh, it's affirmed by other people. Right. And yeah, and that's why some of it isn't just, I want to do this, right. and then I go to Bible college and and seminary, and exactly. there's no affirmation. It should be those gifts and that calling should be manifested within the context of a local church of people that know yeah. you. I think that's the best way. It's funny, isn't it? That like, because you could say, probably looking back, it probably wasn't the wisest decision to have a brand new believer like preaching, basically, <laughs> right, <laughs> you know. Right. But yet the Lord used that. Yeah, He did providentially, you know, and. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, cool. So then uh, you you have this desire, opportunity. How does the Lord lead you from Rockford, Illinois, to Grand Junction? Right. So um, at, at the time, well, after I, I, I was, like I said, I was in seminary for a couple of years, and then we moved back up to Rockford, okay? And I became a part of that uh, the second church that we were at in, in our saved adult life. Some things fell through with the first church, and it's it it was just a bad situation. But anyway, um, this this the church we actually left or was sent out to come here. Okay, so when we we went back to that church, I was working with Slavic Gospel Association full time, and then kind of working for the church part time, and I actually got on staff as like um, like an associate pastor, and was ordained during that time. So I was doing both. Mm-hmm. So I was really busy. And, um, but I, it just kind of came to a point where like, I, I still had that desire to be in pastoral ministry, but it was kind of cool to be a part of a parachurch organization, mission organization and the experiences I had with that. So it was a good setup for me at that time. And, um, and I just, I was coming to a point where there were some changes at Slavic Gospel Association. And I was just thinking, I either need to be in mm, and stay mm-hmm. and like give myself to this for yeah. a long time, or it, maybe it's time for me to leave. But, um, and I knew I wanted to be like, I, I got to go to Russia on a trip and I accompanied a pastor over there and, um, I was bringing him to set up a, a, a meeting with a, a region of pastors over there and that kind of thing. But anyway, I remember laying a bed at like in the middle of the night there in, in Russia and, I couldn't sleep and which was, wasn't unusual. I hate international travel. I hate it. And, um, the pastor next to me, I was thinking to myself, I kind of want to be doing what he's doing. Right. <laughs> I want to be, I want to be a pastor. Yeah. So I decided to let, um, a couple of guys know about that, that had connections in churches out in, in the United States. And just like, I just told him, I said, I, I don't know what's going to happen to this yet, but I, if you hear of a church that needs a pastor that I would fit qualify for, which was going to be probably a church that needed 
revitalization mm. and different things because I at that point I didn't have my MDiv yet. Um, and is that why you thought a, a, a church that you'd be called to would be a church that need some help? For most likely, because I didn't have, you know, a lot of churches that are that are a, a, a sound church in the mm-hmm. sense of like everything's going well. And let's say their pastor is going to leave or transition out. They're looking usually for somebody with more experience, um, lead pastor experience, right. even different yeah. things. So. And I, so I, I kind of looked at the idea of maybe church planning or doing like going to an, a, an older church that needed some, yeah, a, a pastor to come in. And I just realized I'm not a church planner. It's just not my, it's just not the way I'm wired. Um, so at any rate, I, I let those two guys know if you hear of a church, let, let me know. And I'd at least consider it. So I went to the IFCA convention, uh, in independent fundamental church of America, and because uh, SGA had a good connection with them and I had a booth there and everything. Mm-hmm. And one of those guys that I told uh, that I would consider a church was there. And he introduced, he said, there's somebody I want to introduce you to. He sat me down next to the former pastor of this church, hmm. Dennis Finnan, and then asked me, you know, just told him who I was in that. And we just talked and he had left this church about 10 minutes prior. Hmm. Things were not going well here in that intervening time. And um, he said, I, you know, if you're interested, let me know, and I'd, I'd, uh, you can give me your resume, and I'll give it to the church. And so I thought about it, and about a weekend or so, I decided mm. that, yeah, I'll do that. I just, I just sent it to him, and I heard from the church right away, yeah. and then that, that's what led to it. Mm. So, you wanted to be a part of it, uh, or, or thought that you would probably head towards a ministry that that needed some revitalization. Mm-hmm. Uh. So I'm certain there are probably expectations of what that would look like and the reality. Mm-hmm. Are, do you have thoughts on that? And you, maybe your first couple of years of ministry here and lessons learned in that time. Yeah, I think um, when we when we came out to candidate, you know, it's obvious you just went talking to people because they put us in different homes and things. And then, you know, being around everybody, it was obvious that there were um, there were some problems and that the church had gone through and that had been going on for uh, a number of years, but also especially in that, the 10 months just prior to with them out, but without being a pastor, it just was uh, some problems. And yet when we, when we met with them, with everybody, including the elders and deacons, we thought, I just had this subjective sense. Like I really think we're supposed to come here and I had, and, uh, I don't think God is done with this church Hmm. because there's no, it's no secret that, you know, thousands of churches every year, like the last statistic I saw was like 3000 churches a year in the United States, close their doors for for good. And it's a lot. That's a lot. And so if this church had remained on that trajectory from a human perspective, um, then they might've been one of those churches. The attendance was way down and, Hmm. but yet there was a a glut of people here that were, Mm -hmm wanted to see the church continue to go and so we Nellie and I both agreed like this is where we wanted to go and hmm. um and so coming into it you know I don't think I knew what to expect yeah, okay, I, yeah. I think it was more there was naivete of course on a number of things I was just um I don't I don't know how to describe it I I 
I knew it was going to be I knew it was going to work. Mm-hmm. And not just because of me or anything. I just mm-hmm. had that subjective sense. Mm-hmm. And I think 10 years in now, I, I realized that was right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like I didn't have this hesitancy of this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. I, I just knew it was going to work. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that's but I you know, there were a lot of things in those first few years that, you know. That uh, I was naive about or yeah. whatever. And and. um you know, they all said in that video, they, you know, every they made a video for our church, obviously. Yeah, yeah, for yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. And some of them in there were saying, you know, you were wet behind the ears. <laughs> you were all this kind of stuff. It's true, actually. I guess I didn't realize at the time how much that was true. Isn't that probably good in a way that sometimes we don't know our own? Right. We don't know what to expect, and we are naive and don't know it. Yeah. That's probably yeah. a blessing from the Lord. Right. Yeah, I think so. Because otherwise you might like turn tail and run you'd be hesitant if you knew certain things were going to happen or what have you um so yeah it was that that was i don't know i don't know just looking back i don't i can't remember really what my expectations Mm. were i just knew it was going to work if we Mm. just you know if i just preached and spent time with people and um worked through things and that i just was confident that the lord would fix what he needed to fix and that kind of thing so uh so over the last 10 years has it been all roses like all smooth sailing no no there have been there have been uh there have been issues in that and obviously you know there's a lot of people that aren't at our church now that Mm. were when i got here yeah and some of those were office holding you Mm. know um influential people Mm -hmm. And and not all of them left to move to Denver for right. a job, right? right? So a lot of them left uh, over problems in that. And so y- that to me is the biggest, like, if I'm thinking about challenges that I didn't, that I was naive about right. or, like, didn't estimate properly would be uh, the impact of relational conflict, mm-hmm. Especially as a person who doesn't enjoy it yeah. at all. Yeah. And if you do enjoy relational conflict, you're, you're <laughs> weird anyway. But I think you, there are people that you are... You might cause relational conflict if you enjoy it. You're yeah. like, this is what I like to do for fun. Yeah, but there are people that are probably more emotionally tough. Sure, yeah, yeah. I wasn't one of those. I, I don't know if I am more now. I don't know. But I I know that I wasn't tough enough mm. to be to handle uh, any kind of relational conflict. Yeah. So that was an immaturity, actually, mm. for leadership. Because if you're going to be in church leadership, you've got to be able to handle yeah. emotional conflict, relational conflict, and do it in a, in an immature way. Mm-hmm. And um, and that wasn't, I don't think that was me. So if you think about uh, difficult seasons and relational conflict, or would there be uh, uh, lessons that you've learned from that maybe over 10 years you could think, you know, the yeah. Lord really grew me in this, and this is how. Right. I, yeah, probably a number of ways. I, um, I think that you know when you, I think addressing issues is important. Mm. It's probably the thing we don't want to do, but we should yep. address issues sooner than later. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, be willing to have those tough conversations with people or yeah. things. Um. Yeah. What about? Uh, and if you have more to answer that, that that's good too. The other the other part of that I'd ask is, what uh, things sustained you in the midst of and and even now, right? Like this is just part of the Christian life. What sustains you 
how does the Lord sustain you in those periods of difficulty in ministry and relationships and things like that? Any particular passages of scripture or things people did or said? Yeah, I think it was a lot of times it was things people did or said. Hmm. So, um, and, and again, I don't want to paint a picture like there, you know, I hear of some other guys going into certain churches and I hear about their stories. I'm like, man, yeah, we didn't experience anything like that. Right. So I don't want to make this like right. it was bad, but it's no secret to anybody who's been around. We've had some families mm-hmm. leave and different things that happened along this, along the time that were challenging. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and maybe again, if I'd have been a little emotionally tougher or mm-hmm. whatever it is or wiser, it would have been hard, but I think there were just there would be encouragement from people that knew what was going on um, at some of these different points and were just supportive, and that was really helpful. Um, so I think you know those were it, it's mainly through people, but of course through His Word. Mm. I I can't think of an ins- instance of it right. like a particular yeah. instance of that like where something in a verse would stand out to me right. or whatever. But um, they were certainly there. Yeah. You know, it was it was God sustaining and even just keeping me not, you know, keeping me here. Don't <laughs> right. not le- sustaining me, you. Yeah. I, I, you know, like there's evidence of that. The Lord sustains. Yeah. F- sustains his people through all seasons. Right. Good and bad. And I think anytime we're being humbled, mm. we hate it. Uh, and anytime like a lot of times we don't like to be brought into situations that are emotionally so confusing where you don't know if you're right or wrong and you don't know left from right or up and down and you're just confused or crushed or scared or I mean we we don't like that but honestly I think God's most at work when that's happening Mm. right because uh when that's when you're saying, God, please just help me. Yeah. And even when he doesn't, it, it doesn't even seem like he is helping you at times, right? right? But like, he is. Yeah. And then sometimes he would throw, he, he'll he'll throw something in there that's so clearly him. Mm. Like I can remember one time praying like, Lord, you're not helping with me with this at all. Mm. I said that to him. I said, you're not even helping me right now. Wow. And that day I went to lunch with a, another pastor and he said, I just felt like the Lord wanted us to get together because I, I needed to help you. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like there that's just amazing yep. to me. And but I think that's my experience here. But mm. you're like you're bringing this out for other Christians as well. Yep. Like people in our church that are going through suffering, like they're probably could say the same things. Yep. And um, the Psalms and, and that are filled with just cries mm. to God like why is this happening? Why aren't yeah. you doing the, anything about this? Um, I didn't sign up for this. You right. know, it's right. like, I don't need this in my life or whatever, but it's like, God knows how to, how to take care of us mm. and, and mature us. Yeah. Right. We need to be, yep. we need to let patience have its perfect work mm. so that we can be mature and complete lacking. Yeah. nothing. Let me ask you just a couple of kind of broad overview questions if that works and then we can we can wrap this up um has there been a guiding principle or philosophy or passage of scripture that you could look to over the last 10 years or have you grown to see something that you thought was important more important mm-hmm. yeah that make sense i think a number a, a number of things on that first of all the the 
the idea of pastoral pastoral ministry mm-hmm. more than preaching. Okay. So which was uh, which was different for me because I'm primarily a preacher in my gifting, mm-hmm. and so seeing seeing pastoral ministry not first and foremost just through the lens of preacher, but as pastor. So I don't know if right. that makes sense. Like yes. growing and learning. I knew that was important before, but like it's really super important. And and I think preaching pastors always have to keep correcting themselves and being like, you got to, pa- we've got to pastor people, right. you know, like he, Jesus told Peter, you know, feed my sheep. Yeah. You Which know? is and what you're saying. That's more than just preaching. That's more than just preaching. Right. Shepherd the flock of God among you. Right. You know, and, um, so that became important. So those uh, in like reading guys like, um, oh, what's his name? He, he, the message Bible. Eugene Peterson. Yeah, Eugene Peterson. Th- theologically, like. Yeah, wouldn't agree. We with wouldn't it. even have him preach here, probably. <laughs> I mean, but like when it came to pastoral ministry, he got yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was, it, so reading his stuff was really helpful. Yeah. And, and um, in you know, and I still have a long way to go. I know that. And that's why I say we got to constantly keep mm-hmm. correcting ourselves. Remind you're a pastor elder. There's not even right. an, there's not even an office of peer preacher necessarily. Right. You're a pastor elder who preaches. Yeah. And then, um, first Timothy four was influential. still is about, um, you know, give, give yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Uh, he says, uh, be in these things, mm-hmm. Right so that all may see your progress and that I've really prayed that like I, and I know that's God's will, right? He wants the church to see my progress. So I want to, I want that to happen too. Uh, And so, um, you know, whether that be in my gifting or anything else that we, you know, that we walk through or whatever. hmm. So that's, that's been pretty influential as I think about that. Hmm. Uh, What would be, if you could think of, and I think this would be an encouragement to the people. What have been some of the greatest blessings for you over the last 10 years of ministry? Oh, wow. Just seeing God answer direct prayers. Hmm. Um, coming in the season we're in right now, which to me has just been, it's eerily quiet and peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is this a calm before a storm? What's going on? It's just really, to me, it's just nice. Mm-hmm. And, um, even so, if we just think about, let's say, our Sunday morning service, mm-hmm. I I just feel like, um, you know, the Lord's just finally gotten us to the point where it's like, this is what we do on a Sunday morning, and we're confident, and yeah. this is the way the Lord wants us to be, and because so for so long it it always felt like, and they you know they. We're, we're still changing. We're still going to try to change. We're still right. doing this. And, and I just couldn't wait to get to the point where it's like, no, this is who our church, this is what our church is. And so yeah. when visitors would come, you know, there wasn't this sense that things weren't quite stable mm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and sometimes people would come with lots of advice and different things. Yeah. But I think one of the greatest best seeing that mm. also being a part of people's lives for a long time, yeah. like the families that are here getting to marry, you know, or, officiate the <laughs> wedding of of uh of Nate and Aubrey mm-hmm. and and having you know seen Aubrey kind of grow up and then also with uh uh even memorial services yeah. of people that have been here um so those kinds of things are cool mm. I like that yeah so I think for me I like the idea of long-term ministry 
where you're where you're just with one people for a long yeah. period of time and getting to see the the fruit yeah. of what you're doing um so that's Im- that's really important mm-hmm. but seeing god answer direct prayers you and jenna were direct like mm. just so clearly an answer to prayer mm. and one of my i didn't say to god that time that you weren't helping me but i said I don't know what to do right now. And then meeting with Mark and having Mm. you guys come out. And I think this being such a good fit, Mm. you guys being here and stuff. So I think all those kinds of things, like I, I've just come to the point where it's like, man, if we just, if we just ask God for what we need, we may have to wait. Yeah. He doesn't do it like all the time. Right. We think immediately right now. There have been times where I've seen him do that like Mm -hmm. immediately. Yeah. And then there's other times where it's like it, you know, couple of years down the road i'm like oh wait a minute that prayer is being answered right yeah. now or whatever and i think that's really cool yeah so cool. that might be another lesson learned like right like yeah what do you need just pray yeah <laughs> ask god it, because he really knows what we need right and um in what we don't we're yeah we run around so often thinking we can like fix it and just produce it on our own and right rather if we just trust the lord to do it he will do in his time so much better yep that's right okay one final question uh Thoughts for the next 10 years and beyond. Do you have, uh, yeah, thoughts for where we need to grow as a church? Mm-hmm. Uh, things that, yeah, what does what the next season of ministry look like for you, if you can project that forward? Yeah, I think uh, for me personally, just growing in the things that God has shown us to do, right? And um, growing in pastoring, uh, growing in preaching, and teaching and learning and gaining knowledge still. Cause like that's so just on a personal level, like want to keep learning, keep growing. Um, and then for the church, I think just keep doing what we're doing and then wait for God to open doors where we should do something mm-hmm. more in an area. Right. Or uh, opening up areas of ministry. So I don't think, I don't like the idea of like setting a vision. You're not going to cast vision for us right now. No, I, uh, I like the vision of just what the scriptures <laughs> point out. Right. Yeah. And Ephesians four of this growing into maturity as a body. Yep. So if we just keep doing, what we're doing and get, you know, just keep growing in what we're doing. Yeah. And then let the Lord just do whatever he's going to do. Yeah. So we, that's, that to me is what we should do. We should do. You cool. should do it as a church and as an individual, you're growing in maturity and, so keep following the Lord. Cool. Anything else that you uh, have to say? No, I don't think so. I think that's it. Okay. Really good. Good to be here. And then we'll do we'll do one of these in ten years again for me, <laughs> and then for you at your five year mark. So when's your five year mark? Couple of years. All right. Couple well, more a year years. Maybe we'll do a five year. Okay. A Graham Parker interview. <laughs> Sounds good. You do some hard hitting journalism. Yes. <laughs> well, we hope this conversation has been helpful for you. And for those who are part of our church, especially, uh, we love to hear from our listeners. So you can email us at thecalvarycast at gmail.com or text us or call us to talk to us on a Sunday. It, ask us, uh, ask a question of Jess that I didn't. Maybe you have a more poignant catch him in the tracks question than I did. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of his people, and the Great Commission. Until next time. <laughs>